We got it. Okay. Baruch Hashem. At least the daf stays stays you, sane. Were you able to make the daf yesterday? Yes, I had one student. I had one student. When, when was it? When, when was it? Oh, it was after the first mitzvah. I didn't. I, I completed with the, the speech. Mitzvah. That's what happened. It was I, in conflict with the speech. Yeah, it was in conflict with the speech. I didn't. I didn't. We didn't say anything, so I couldn't uh, switch it without having. I was wondering. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but I couldn't decide which one to go to, so I didn't. Go either, right? Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to hurt anybody. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. That's good. Okay, let's get started on the review of yesterday's daf daf hayin test. Because they had a drink. That's why. <laughs> All right. So we start off with this story. There was this woman who... Um, I like stories. Wait. Um, uh, nun tetamud right? No, no, no. Nun chetamud Nun I'm on the wrong path. Yeah. Nun test. Reviewing nun tests, right. So we're reviewing nun tests and we're starting on the top, towards the top of the page. Right. So it's uh, like eight lines down and that. So um, the question is, is that you, we just said that some machlokas, an interesting machlokas, what is, what, which Again, the, the husband has the obligations and as a connection for the obligation or as a result of that obligation, he has certain benefits. So there's two obligations. There's the obligation of providing his wife's food in Mazonos. Then there's the obligation of giving her spending money. Okay? Set amount of spending money. As a result, he's given back her earnings and he's given back her the whatever she earns over and above the that that specific amount of earnings. So the machlokas is where does it line up, which goes to which. So the first opinion is Rav. One second, I want to get one second. Let's get it clear. Okay, the first opinion is is that the is that the mizonos goes together to maizyadayim. Why earnings? Why? Because they're both the primary. That's the that's the uh, that's the b'shchiach thing. She needs to eat every day. She has regular earnings every day. And then the spending money, that's, uh, you know, if she needs the money, it's like on an as-needed basis. It's not as uh, common. It's, the, uh, you know, it's for extra spending money. Some, once in a while, there's the cost that comes up. And, uh, and once in a while, she earns extra. You know, she gets a bonus or something. You know what I mean? So that's, they, they go together. They line up that way. That's first opinion, Shita of Rav and Shmuel. Rav Ada Barhava says that Mizonos has to do with the Mosar. Why? Because they're both locked in at set amounts. The Mizonos is a set uh, allocation. Um, no, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a set. Um, no, no, the Mizonos is how much you'll eat. That's not a set amount. That's, you know, well, however she's hungry that day, it may cost money. You know, today she's eating steak. Tomorrow she's eating fish. Tomorrow, the next day, she's having pasta. All the f- cost of the food is different every day, right? So the, that's not a set cost. And Moser is not a set amount either. It's well, however, what she earned extra, she earned some more, some less. As opposed to the Ma Kesef, that's a set amount of spending money. And her earnings is a set amount also. So that's why he lines it up that way. That's the Machlokas. Anyway, we tried bringing questions. First question we said is that Mizonos has to do with Maisir Dayim. Um, so doesn't it sound like <laughs> the opinion of the rabbi of of Rav and Shmuel? So Gemara says no, it could be most of Okay, then it says if he doesn't give her a malkesef, 
for needs, then she gets to keep her Maisir Daim. So it's like, that's already like Ravad Brava. So Gemara says, no, maybe the Moser Maisir Daim is hers. Okay. Um, um, I, I, but doesn't it say, what is the, her earnings? It's the weight she has to produce. That I mean, the Maisir Daim is a pr- production of five Salaim, of the thicker wool, the chassis wool in Yehuda. So uh, the Gemara says, no, how, you need to know how much is the Maisir Daim, so you know what is uh, uh, overage, what is, you can't know what she does extra until you know what is the allocated amount or the expected amount. Okay, um, then we explain how much it is. It's five slum Shesi in Yudah, which is ten slum in Galil. Okay, so now... So he's double of her finances. Yeah, she... He's in top of, his, of her. Well, she's... Here's the thing. She, she, there's an expected amount of earnings that 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 correspond that 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 she's supposed to be doing every day. We'll see more about it. It's a mishnah. There's a certain jobs that a woman is obligated as part of the marriage, and that's if what she has a to. business. That's a different thing. But we're talking about set. There was was in those days yeah. where she was working from home. There were certain activities that she was expected to be done. That's she sells weeks. We'll see more about it. We'll see more about it. Okay, now. Um, but the question, basic question, why would she do more than required? Because all that money goes to the husband. That she doesn't get any at all from it. No, as a result of it, she gets the spending money. No, no, no. She earns more than She has to provide the five pounds or five check, whatever it is. Five slime weight of... Uh, of, that, of, of weaving. Right. For that, she gets a mayor. That's one opinion. They switch. They switch. They go with that opinion. opinion. Rabbi Okay, right. Okay. But, but for the extra that she so earns, why she gets would she food. do? Because she doesn't get any more. She, she does. a hundred. She puts five. She if gets mizonos for that. that. No, for what she everything. does more, he gets the. That's why she gets her mizonos. You know, he provides all her food. She can eat more. No, one no, day. that's another story. The, with, it's not another yeah, story. They correspond. She does extra. He gets it. He, he's providing two things, from main food and spending money. For that, the earnings Jamea. and the extra. How they line up is a different discussion. But okay. I don't know but, if I'm the understanding. She's making earnings 100, and the husband is providing her 20. Where do you get that? No, no, I'm just... Uh, assuming. Assuming. Yeah, so then... So she's going to give him 80. No, 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 that's not, no, no, here's how it works. Okay. The husband provides for her food and spending money. Okay, food and spending money. Let's get it straight. Food and spending money. That's the husband's obligation. Yes. As a result, her earnings go to the husband, and whatever she earns as extra, over and above the standard earning, also goes to the husband. For those two, in other words, for the two things that she's receiving, how much is she eating every day? Whatever she wants. How much does she get for spending money? A mall kesef every day. She has she, she have cash in her pocket. That's that, that's what that's all about. But my so my sample is applied. No, so the way it works is is that she's expected to produce a specific amount of whatever the the activity the work that the women used to do. They used to produce. They used to spin. They used to spin thread or whatever it is that they did, and that was five pounds worth. That amount was done on a daily. That was the daily basis. Some days things go smooth. She doesn't have that. She's not that busy with other things. She's able to do a little extra. So she made seven that day. That's fine. 
And, and because all of that's going to the husband, or whichever comes first, the husband provides for all of her food and for all of her and, and for her spending money. Now, the, if she chooses, says, you know what, I, do, I usually do 10 a day, and I'm, you know, I'm really good at this, I'd rather just do it for myself and I'll pay for my own expenses. That's always her choice. We learned that before. She always can opt out of this, this idea. The idea is that maybe she feels that, you know, I don't, I don't, what if I'm tired one day? What if I'm not going to be able to do? All I'm going to be able to do is the bare minimum. And I like to eat nice food. So I'm like, whatever. I'd rather not have to worry about it. That's a choice. It's, all, uh, it's an option that's meant only for her benefit. All right. Now, in Pesach HaLacha, the Gemara says, Shmuel says that the Halacha follows Rabbi Yochanan Sandler, that all those extra stuff is not hegdish. Again, the case in the Mishnah was that the husband was maktish her earnings. Um, it doesn't, doesn't ha- become hegdish. But the extra of her earnings, according to her mayor, it does, and according to her Bechran it does not. It's chudah. He doesn't specify. Is it the extra that making hegdish, or everything she does? He said everything. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Yeah. That's kasha Kasha why do you think she's more successful than him? Then she would probably opt out. She'll keep her own. She'll then she'll keep she her earnings. That's her choice. She has an option. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, Shmuel Paskas, like Rabbi Yechonasan, does Shmuel really say that? The Mishnah says that uh, if, a wom- if, a, if a woman makes a vow that whatever she produces is forbidden to her husband, so he does not even need to make a hafara on that vow because it's, she's already responsible to, 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 to give that to him. And Rabbi Kiva says he does. She does have to because if she produces over and above, that he may not have a right to. So, and therefore, it's for that. Um, and uh, Rabbi Yechon says you should, you should, uh, uh, you should uh, he no, needs to do hafara. Why? Because if he divorces her and then it will kick in, then she'll become ushered to him and he won't be able to remarry her in case he would want to remarry her. So uh, Shmuel says, the halacha follows over there, Rabbi Yochanan So the Gemara says, and that's seemingly not fitting in with Rabbi Yochanan over here. So the Gemara explains, <coughs> saying that it does become Megdish later. So the Gemara answers that Rabbi Yochanan agrees with as far as the Hadafa is concerned. Um, so then they say the halacha is like Rabbi Yochanan as far as the Hadafa. Or... Or the Allah is not like the Tanakama. Or the Allah is like Rabbi Kiva, who is just saying, what if she does anything extra? So it can't be both. So, so Rabbi Yosef explains that there's a difference between that case and our case. That case, they use the Lashon of Konam. Konam is unique Lashon. It's an expression of Karbon. And Karbonos, because a person can ask Paris of his friend on himself, so therefore he can be Makdash By our Mishnah, it's not in this world yet, and it's not using the terminology of karbanos. That's why it's different. So Abayi says, look, a person can ask her pairs of his friend on himself. That makes sense, because you can make your fruit usher on your friend. But, um, but how can you make something, uh, therefore, something that's not in this world on his friend? That's, you can't do that, but because you can't make something that, you can't make your friend's pairs usher for him. <laughs> so that doesn't, it's illogical to jump it's true that konams have something special that you can answer your, um, um, uh, uh, your, your friend's fruit, which you don't have control over on you. But why should you be able to do something in the future that doesn't even exist? It's like answering your friend's fruit on, his, on your friend. So Rafuna Huna explains that what he said is that my hand should be sanctified to heaven. 
Okay? Meaning, uh, that's something that is in this world, the hands. And, um, and so the Gemara says, why should that work? Her hands are meshubed to her husband, because in the normal circumstances, he has all the rights of her earnings. So the Gemara says, um, and she says it, that it'll take effect once they're divorced. But so if, if that, how does that work? You can't make something hegdish now and later become hegdish. Um, so Rabbi says, what do you mean? We have a rule if somebody says, I'm this field that I'm about to sell you, when I buy it back, it'll be automatically hegdish. So the Gemara says, that's usually, there's a huge difference. Over there, right now, I own it. I could make it hegdish now. So therefore, I could put any condition that I sell it to you, I'll buy it back, it'll become hegdish. <coughs> Those are things that make sense. Over here, she can't divorce herself. It's something that's not in her power to do, so therefore the statement has no meaning. So the Gemara says, you know what, let's uh, try another thing. It's like, what it's similar to, uh, right, what that's similar to, if anything that's problematic, is if I, the field that I already sold you, when I buy it back, it should become Hegdash. Of course it's not going to become Hegdash. So Papa says, maybe it's different, because there, when I sold it to you first, and now I want to say, when I buy it back, it should become Hegdash, that doesn't work, that's because you have everything. You have the Guf, and the Paris, and I have nothing. But over here by the Isha, she has her body, it's just the earnings of her hands that goes to the husband. So it's like he has the Paris, she has the Guf. So maybe it's like somebody who says that the field that I gave you is a mashkan, when I redeem it, it should become Hagdish. So that does work. So Rav Shisha Bredravidi says that still is not good, because over there, she can redeem it. She has the ability, he cannot say, when I make a field, um, you know, I give it to you as a collateral for debt or money owed to you or whatever it is. So as long as I come up with the money, you can't say, well, you know what, I like the field better. <laughs> no, 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 it's my field, and I have always the right to redeem it if I come up with the money. So um, that's, that's in my power. So of course I have the power to make an actish. Over here, it requires her to being divorced from the husband, requires his action. So if anything, it's like somebody... It, uh, uh, so what about if it was for a set, a set time of 10 years? It's also not a full comparison, because 10 years, after all, is still Biyad Leftosa. After 10 years, at least. Here, you can never divorce yourself. So, Rabashi says, you want to know what's Pshat in the Konamas? It's because Konamas is Kedusha Saguf. It's like a carbon. Carbon is Kedusha Saguf. And there's a special rule. Hagdish, Chometz, and Shechra are Mafkiyah Mideshi. But what that means is that certain things... That if the, even if there's a lien on them, the, the the status change is able to uproot or overpower any lien. Like, um, and one of them is like this. Let's say I um, I owe you money, and the means of the payment is going to be from this animal. So, normally I sh- I can't have I can't sell the animal. I can't do things like that. But if they make the animal a carbon, so that pops off your lien on that animal. And now I have to pay, I can pay you, but I, you don't have any no rights to that animal anymore. No you lost your collateral, exactly. You lost your, uh, it's not a collateral, you lost your, your, rights to, your, your rights to that particular animal. Because it's, it's, it's mafkia de shibud. It's a lien. You have a lien on it. But uh, you lost your lien. Same is true with chametz. You know, if I made, you know, I owe money to a Gentile and I put all this chametz, but once chametz kicks in before Pesach, it knocks off any lien that might exist on that chametz. And the same is true with shikhr. I have a slave, and you have a lien on my slave. Um, and then I free him so that you... 
that uproots any type of lien that might exist on him. Anyway, so that's the same thing. He over doesn't here. uproot it. He still has to pay the guy. Has to still owe the, the money. Uproots the lien. The that's lien. Right, the lien. That's the thing. It uproots well, the well, lien. Why would you do it without having something else? That he could go to for no. I'm saying I still owe the money and I am I'm, I'm responsible, but yeah. but the lien law is gone. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what this is a special quality of those <clears throat> three things. Okay, next thing we got to is the requirements a wife has to her husband. Okay, there's jobs, expected jobs that a wife has. So if a woman, let's say, so what are the jobs? Number one, uh, she grinds the the flour, uh, the wheat into flour. She bakes the bread. She launders the clothes. She cooks the food, she nurses the child, and she prepares the bed for sleeping. Okay? And she does wool work, whatever it is. With the wool, that's, the, we, the, that's, that's what we talked about earlier. That's the, uh, that's the main job that they did, is the spinning of the wool, I guess. So if she, if he, if, if she brought in a maid to, to serve her into the marriage, so that relieves her of some of the jobs. So therefore she doesn't do the grinding anymore. She doesn't bake, and she doesn't do laundry. If she brings two maids, so then that frees her up from the cooking and the nursing. If it's three maids, so then she doesn't have to prepare his bed, and she doesn't do wool. If she has four maids, so then the question is, what's the fourth maid doing? Those are all her jobs already. But still, then you know, like even ancillary jobs, nothing. She just sits in her parlor like a princess. Rabbi Liazar says... Even a hundred maids, it doesn't matter. You force her to still do the work with the spinning of the wool. Of the wool. Why? Because batala is not good for people. Doing nothing is very bad. Okay? And it brings to zima, brings to promiscuity. You're going to be bored, and you're going to look for interest or excitement, and you're going to find it in bad ways. That's why you got uh, it's, it's important that she have something that she's doing. Okay? Rabbi <laughs> says... Even if a man would make a vow on his wife not to do any malacha, that's grounds for divorce, and he has to give her a because that, leads, that, that brings to depression also. Batala brings to depression. If you don't have anything to do, you will become depressed. And that's the idea. Okay. So the wife is worth at least four shvachot? That's the amazing thing. will ask, how come okay. one to... And the, and the husband is only worth one man. Well, I mean, he has, he has to produce everything, money for all those guys, girls. Anyway, so that's the story. So brings us to the first thing. First, the Gemara says, "What do you mean? She does the grinding? Ah, that's not true. There's a wheel. There's a, a wheel mill that water mill that's that doing the grinding." So the Gemara says, "You're right. She prepares it to the the right. The work is not done by her. That's one shot. Or it's done by a hand. We're talking about the hand grinder for like small stuff. All right. Um, the Gemara says that our mission is not according to all Tanaim, because there's the opposing view. Rabbi says. Uh, that a, a woman is only for beauty and only for children. And there's another version of a woman is only for jewelry. Because where else are you going to display any beautiful jewelry that you buy? So that's why you have a woman. She's not supposed to be doing anything, according to Rabkia. Rabkia says, Where does that opinion come from? Is that interesting? It's a complete contrast to the mission. Mission is hazard doing the work of four slaves. Don't show that to your wife, not, for what, sure. What to be show her to Mishnah, not to Gamora. There's two sides. You see, there was always been two sides. What? Wash his feet. I, thought, I remember learning that before. A, woman, a wife is supposed to wash his, her husband's feet. 
No, no it's not saying it was it was that's done. That's beside the point. But that's not a that was not like a specific job anyway. Anyway, so Rav Kier says just as a side point, if you want your wife to be beautiful, dress her in linen garments. If you want your daughter to be uh, to to be light skinned, so feed her um, young chicks and give her milk to drink before she right at the age when she's about to hit into adulthood. Now, one of the jobs that we talked about is nursing the baby. So our Mishnah <laughs> says that uh, seemingly is not like Beishamai, because if a woman makes a vow not to nurse her child, Beishamai says, that's it, okay? So you, you remove, you know, the, the baby can't nurse anymore. That's it. The vow is, is active. Beishamai says, you force her to nurse. If, they're, if she's divorced, then you can't force her to do anything because he has no rights on her anymore. But um, nevertheless, if, they, if the baby recognizes the mom and won't nurse from somebody else, then he, he, you have to pay her to do the nursing and you force her to nurse because it's a danger to the child. The child won't nurse already to another, to, to another woman. Now, um, the, is our mission not like Beishamah? So said, maybe it could be like Beishamah because maybe Beishamah would say, we're talking about where she made the vow and he took on the vow. And Beishamah, oh, that, that, that's his fault for accepting the vow. Um, and Bezal says, no, it's, 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 um, uh, it's her fault. So the Gemara says, if that would be the case, they should have argued by Ksuva. And besides, the Bryce says, Beishamah says that a woman's not responsible to nurse her child. She doesn't want to, it's up to her. She doesn't like to nursing. She's not, it's not an obligation she of can't. a woman. No, it's not, everybody, it's not an obligation. Nothing to do with can or can't. Even if she could, it's not something. Beishamah holds be that can't you can't, you can't. Right, it's, uh, she has up to her. It's a personal choice. That's the Beishamah's opinion. But our mission is not saying that. Mission is talking about that it is an obligation. Anyway, that's what we got up to yesterday.